So, I have been struggling on what to record for this week, and honestly, I've had a lot of ideas and a lot of things I want to talk about, but it's been really difficult because there's, like, so much, but also so much that I don't really want to talk about all at once, and, I mean, I could just lay out my entire life story and just go blah 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 blah. But there's so much to cover that I feel like either it would be really boring or really just a lot. <laughs> um, and I think initially a part of me also is realizing how frozen I've been. Like, I've mentioned this before, but I can't really put into words what has happened to me, a lot of what has happened yet. Um, which obviously plays a lot into me making this podcast. So, <laughs> as that's kind of the point. Um, but I definitely realize that, and I have been putting myself down for being like, well, you need to talk about this or that, and, you know, just record and make the best episode ever, and I've been kind of in a rut for it. Like, I don't want to publish anything that sounds awful, or that I sound crazy, um, and I've been kicking myself for it. I definitely think that I do this quite a lot anyways. Because I'm chronically ill, it doesn't help. Um, I have done. I did it before I got sick, but it also adds on when I'm in a place where I actually, like, actually this time can't do a lot, can't really go quote unquote functional person in society role. I don't go to work. I don't do to school. I I don't really do a lot. Um, I really don't. I will sit in my ball all day and hurt sometimes. I call myself a lump on a stump because I don't feel like I do enough. Um, and my mom will tell me I do so much little things, like I help out around the house, I help her, I help my brother, I sometimes will walk the dogs, I spend time with the dogs when they're lonely, because it does get lonely when my mom and my brother are at school and at work. Um, but I definitely would want to do more. Oh my god, like, don't get me wrong, right now the problem is my energy and my peace is so limited too. Like today, all we did was we went to the labs to get my blood drawn and the grocery store to get orange juice um because i'm on an orange juice kick by the way um and i literally just woke up like 20 minutes ago from a nap and i had to talk about this and on p in like on monday i had pt last week i had an iron infusion and i'm literally still exhausted still struggling from all of it and it's wednesday this week so you know it's hard on me for so long when I was healthy, I was active. I, it was crazy. Like, I was kind of a little crazy how active I wanted to be. I wanted to be more active because I was doing after-school sports. I had somehow gotten PE twice a day in my classes because I had dropped an elective and chose to just do PE twice. I was an office TA where you run around the school and drop stuff off to different classes. And it's heartbreaking when your body can't keep up with your mind. I definitely feel the whole like concept of being trapped in my body. Um, it's, it's not failing me, it's just slower than my mind, mentally, um, and it's shocking, because it's literally like being in a race car going 150 miles an hour down the racetrack, and the brakes get slammed on, and you have no seatbelt on, and all of a sudden you're flying straight through the windshield, and getting pummeled into the wall, and then being told, come on, get up, you have to, instead, here's some medical devices, you have to figure it out, you're, by the way, you can never eat again, for now, and you can't drink water for now, and you have to just figure that out, um, and fight for your life, fight for your life with doctors, for answers, advocate, survive, 
the amount of years that I had survived without barely holding anything down and no one believed me. Like, even in, like, here's an example. Because, you know, here's story time. (laughs) My second hospital admission ever was because I was throwing up so much that my GI at the time, who was really awful, and put in, like I had said, put in the notes that I had no GI problems wrong with me, said that I needed to go to the hospital to get a feeding tube. So we believed, we, me and my mom, had been told that we would go to the hospital, get an NG tube, I would be taught how to use it, and then I would get to go home. Instead, it was a booby trap. They trapped us there, and I was there for several, for about two weeks, I think, um, where they shoved um, protein shakes down my throat, and while doing feeds, and while forcing me to eat normal food, too, um, all while telling me that if I don't eat that I would just end right back up there again even as I was crying and throwing up in pain Um, and I was just like cool thanks for that that's going on my therapist's bill (sighs) can you guys pay for that going like going from completely like not only that but then going completely from sustaining yourself to not at all and then needing help with it is is really hard because as humans we don't it's hard for us to ask for help and then needing literally a tube in your stomach and a line in your chest to get food and water is heartbreaking. I have to do my tube feeds. I have to do my IV hydration. I have to do my antibiotic medications. I have to do these things to survive because I can't just physically eat or drink. I can't just manifest the bacteria away. (laughs) Honestly, if I could just manifest, like, the Babesia way or manifest my mouths to resolve itself or my smas, oh my god, I, I would. I should just stand on my head. Actually, I think my mom can stand on her head, and she, could, and she tried to show me once, and I think if I actually did it, I would vomit. I would vomit, but then also that kind of scares me because it makes me think, what if my tube would fall out of my stomach? Has anyone done a handstand that has a GJ? Like, should I be worried? Should I, should I try it? Like, actually, because I feel like I would probably hurt myself a lot. Probably not a good idea. Okay, anyways. <laughs> um, but it's not been helpful that then I, 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 set high, I, I set high expectations for myself. I wish I could just, I wish I could just get better. It would be so much easier on my mental health. Um, because then I could just be like, yes, get better, boom. And then, yeah, that's the end of that. Um because I definitely am like I'm not doing enough right now to get better and I feel like I'm slipping and falling behind everyone even other people I guess who are chronically ill that I've I've met or I've seen and a part of me is like well you could do that you should be like them you should get better even though they may have got diagnosed faster or earlier in their lives you don't know how long their journey has been you don't know what their journey has been you don't know the other half of it all you see is what they present and but the part of me is still like it doesn't matter you need to get better faster and I think it's also because I definitely I just desperately crave being in life again in society and in this world and I crave being among among people and and in life and just oh my god like I it's just I turn it on myself and I clearly am be I'll be like, clearly I'm not getting better, so I am not doing enough. 
I should be doing more formula in my feed or more hydration or more electrolytes or more, I don't know, um, I don't know, or trying to drink more water orally or trying not to drain or, you know, just eating. And it literally sometimes will just drive me insane, even though my care team and my nutritionist approved everything that I'm doing. Um, but, and I forget sometimes that I am not just doing nothing. I go to PT, I do my horrendous IV infusions, and yet at the end of the day, being sick in this podcast, in life, the little voice will still say, you should do better. You could do better. It's like, if any of you have ever seen The Shining, it's like uh, Danny's little friend. I forgot his name, but he's like, you could do better. And it's like, oh my god. And that's definitely, you know, a me problem. But it's also, you know, this is the problem. All of this is, it's the mental health that comes with being chronically ill. The little things that you feel like you should do when being chronically ill it all builds up and it doesn't help but then you have doctors telling you things like you know it is my fault or it is this or that or that and luckily right now currently the team that I have when I got my feeding tube assured has made me feel not that it is my fault at all it's the nature of my conditions or the nature of the beast but prior to that, I was told that if I didn't eat or if I didn't get better, and I quote this, this is something that still reverberates in my mind every once in a while because it was the first time someone ever told me this. I didn't know what a feeding tube was before this. I was 14 sitting in a cold hospital room all alone at my first admission. Understand this was the admission where they decided I was anorexic and that I needed to be isolated in a ward. And they decided to come in and told me, we will just shove a tube down your throat if you do not eat. And I remember sitting there and just being like, huh? Huh? So having a feeding tube can definitely make me feel like I failed somehow. Just saying. Maybe, maybe that might be why. Just maybe. And in all of this, I had to grow up. Like in all of the medical procedures and all of these things, I had to still grow up without any control on it without any control on my mental health, without any control on growing up and stopping, because a part of me still always is like, well, time froze, right? I can just go back to being a kid again, and I can't. Without any any say, all of a sudden I close my eyes and I'm an adult, and I'm flying out of the race car without any idea where I'm going to land, and I had to learn how to change a dressing of something that was implanted into my chest, and clean tubes sticking out of my stomach, and prime a bag of formula that smells, oh my god, I hate the smell of my formula. It's not even dairy, it's just, like, it's the plant-based stuff, but it smells so bad. My bag went spilled, okay, here's a gross story, my bag went spilled on the floor, and I was trying to clean it up, and my dog came over, and he started eating it, and I was like, no, absolutely not, you're not eating that, that is the most, I mean, it is just raw nutrition, so it's probably really good for him, but I literally was like, no, oh my god. Um, but also, I mean, I had to learn how to deal with a beeping feeding tube pump that literally I nicknamed Bitch because she always beeps whenever I have a migraine. I swear to God, it knows. Um, and I had, I had to learn how to manage my health as on my own, but also not. Like, I'm not on my own. I have my mom, my family, and my healthcare team. But I also had to learn how to do things that I never expected to have to do when I was 18, 19. I mean, no one does. Um, 
I mean, here's a net positive, I guess. I can convert milliliters to ounces to quarts to cups to tablespoons to teaspoons. If you uh, ever need that from me, because I'd make my feed that way. Um, so there you go. <laughs> um, I guess it makes up for the lost math years in high school. Um, but it, like, it made me feel like the song from Taylor Swift's newest album, Midnight's, You're On Your Own Kid. Because in the song, now I wrote this down because I knew I was going to quote the lyrics wrong. And even though I've memorized them, but you know dyslexia in my brain um there's the part where it says everything you lose is a step you take so make the friendship bracelets take the moment taste it you've got no reason to be afraid you're on your own kid you can face this you're on your own kid you always have been and that part resonates with me so much and i've actually seen a couple edits on instagram that people have done that are chronically ill about their lives too so it's not just me who sees that um but it's also, it's definitely, you know, every step you take, you've got no reason to be afraid. And it's like, it may, it's just, it's exactly how I feel. I don't really know how to explain it. I feel like you would understand if you're chronically or if you ever have, I don't know. Maybe, I feel like, you you know you know, right? You know you know. <laughs> but everything... I I had to learn how to do this on my own and take care of myself and I didn't ever get time mentally to realize what is happening to me or what happened to me and that's the frozen in time feeling also another kind of like the lyric from another Taylor Swift song I could like make a podcast about Taylor Swift but there are plenty of podcasts for that and now as I thaw I realize how much I've gone through and how much I didn't really think about it like yeah GJ tube, whatever. Yeah, pick line. Yeah, nose hose. No, NJ tube. Yeah, stick something down my throat. Yeah, IV antibiotics. Oh, yeah, Lyme disease. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Whatever. I'm on the verge of death. <laughs> Live, laugh, love. Gotta keep my head down. Who cares? Because it was all just like a coping mechanism to survive. Because I think if I then, in those moments, if I had actually thought about it, I would have just self-destructed like, just blown up right there, and it reminds me of my situation, I think, also now thawing, my situation isn't ideal, (laughs) um, I have to, I can't eat, I can't drink water or anything, and it's earth-shattering, because it's really difficult sometimes, because it's really, like, oh, so that wasn't all just like a dream? That wasn't all just like a funny haha dream moment? Like in like the memes of like whoever's writing my story, like that was that wasn't just like an extra little side quest. That was like an actual plot in my story. Oh. Ew. Well, that is not what I asked for. Whoever's writing my story, can we um wrap up this uh side quest that's going on and can i get back to doing uh the main but that's the thing about being chronically ill this is the main story now and that's also really hard to realize is that this is my life that's the chronicle part of chronically ill i probably i think my linguist brother will kill me for saying for this podcast if you ever listen to it because the way i talk <laughs> And the way that I do things, oh my god, he would totally kill me. 
but that it's true it's like this is my life and I think and that's it definitely also is really weird too sometimes because a lot of my doctors um are still like because I am 18 19 a lot of them still work in like pediatric hospitals or pediatric clinics and so then I also see lots of kids stuff all around me and nurses will still call me kiddo and treat me like a kid and nurses like unless I say my age nurses will always assume I'm like 13 14 which is fair because I'm short and I look 12 and anyone who doesn't know me thinks I'm 12 so it's fair but that also kind of doesn't help me mentally because then I'm like okay then am I 12 (laughs) hmm huh like very uncanny valley energy going on and I'll literally be like um okay and then they'll be like oh you're 19 and like like at the labs today she's like 2003 you're 19 and I'm like yes yes that number sure okay and like it's so jarring and with my mental health through all of this I have had to work really hard on also handling all of the things going on with me like I can get overstimulated really easily that was what happened today is I was just done I was in a lot of pain after labs labs make me really nauseous and dizzy probably because of my pots and my anemia so I was having a really really hard time and I have just had to learn how to handle that and sometimes I'm not very good at it like today I snapped at my mom and I was kind of a bitch I'll say that and sometimes I'm not sometimes I handle it really well and I'm able to communicate um and that's kind of all of it too is I've had to be in a I've had people adults are treating like an adult and yet very much mentally I am still 15 and I want to you know giggle and I don't I don't know giggle (laughs) and I want I want to be 15 I treat I act like I'm 15 around like my mom and my brother sometimes and it's hard when I have to also kind of act like a grown-up around them and it's confusing it's very confusing and hard because sometimes I'm like I don't it doesn't make any sense to me either um none of this does none of this makes any sense anyway like I said about whoever's writing my story they forgot they left out the mental part they left out the mental health part thanks Thanks. They were when they were developing the character. They they didn't really like add anything else. They just wrote like what was happening to the character, not maybe how it was affecting the character. And I feel like that perfectly sums up being chronically ill. Is that we really don't, or I never. I guess maybe me. I never realized what was happening and how it could affect me. I was just like, gotta keep moving. Like with the, like in my last episode I mentioned there was a house fire and then I was in the hospital and then we were in a rental house and then I was coming home and it was all these like bang 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 and I didn't have time to think about my health really but it's true all of all of that stuff that I went through I was very much just gotta keep gotta keep going and I didn't get time at all to think and it's kind of crazy thinking about it all now um and it's just weird and 
don't know. I'm not, I don't know. I do not know sometimes. But it's definitely, I think also the pressure that I put on myself is because I've told my mom, I want to get better for you. I want to get better for you and my brother because I know it hurts you guys to see me in pain. That's the other hard thing too when you're chronically ill is the people you love, seeing you in pain is hard for them because they can't just fix it themselves. They can't make you better. And you knowing that you impact other people can be difficult because it makes, like for me, it makes me want to get better even harder and it's like a cycle, and it's not, it's not a good cycle to have. Um, like, I trust you. My therapist can endorse this. We are talking all about this in therapy, and I've been talking about this for several years in therapy, so mentally I'm in a lot better place because I'm talking about it now and able to. There would have been a time where I wouldn't have even realized that these are my issues. <laughs> and now you get to hear about it from me, and you get to pretend to be my therapist, so congrats. You get some insight on Autumn's weird mind that is probably looks kind of scary but also fun i feel like it'd be scary fun inside my head i feel like that's just my brain so okay but also i want to add is it like i've discussed this and i've seen this talked about with a couple of my friends that aren't able-bodied is I get jealous of people that are able-bodied. I get jealous of people that can eat. I get jealous of my mom and my brother all the time. My mom and my brother, my mom tells me all the time her job is boring. I mean, well, not all the time, but sometimes her job is boring because she's a tutor. Sometimes it's really annoying because the kids are really annoying. And sometimes it's not fun. My brother has to go to school. He has to tutor. Their lives aren't exactly like stunning and fun. But I'm so jealous of their lives. I'm so jealous. I want that. I want that life. And I I want to have that like productivity in my life. And I don't. And it's so difficult because it makes me so mad sometimes. That sometimes I feel so isolated from my mom and my brother. Or my friends. My friends all work. My friends have jobs. And it makes me just feel isolated and alone sometimes. And I know I'm not. I know I'm not alone. But it, it really does. And maybe if you're chronically ill, you can relate to this. Or you're not able-bodied. But it's just difficult. Because it's like... Sometimes you hate that person. And sometimes I get so... I get so I hate my mom sometimes I'll say it because I'm like oh my god I wish I was able-bodied like you or I hate my brother because I'm or my friends I'll be like I wish I could do what you do and it's not their fault it's not my fault it's normal human you know the whole being with their people mentality and it's something that I feel like needs to be discussed more that you can have these feelings and it doesn't make you a bad person and it's okay to have these feelings um, I'm working on having these feelings and not expressing them and taking them out on people. And I still struggle with that because I'm only just realizing now how much I have lost in all of this and how much I want to be able-bodied and how much I'm not. And that's even scarier, right? Is that the realization that I'm not able-bodied and that I am chronically ill. And that I may get better and there may be a time where my illnesses are in remission 
or whatever, but I may never have the life that I thought I had, and that's even harder to realize. And my mom is like, you know, you, you're not, it's totally normal, and it's totally, especially for what I've been through, but it's just scary realizing that I will never be able, fully ably able-bodied again. So I think in the end, you know, we just kind of have to give ourselves grace and take care of ourselves because I think in the end, it also comes down to admitting that you're wrong. And I think that is something I'm still learning and I definitely struggle with. And it scares me when I'm wrong because it makes me feel like I've failed, like I've discussed throughout this entire episode is that I'm failing and not being good enough. And sometimes you're just human. You know, you just mess up and that's totally normal. But through the journey that I've been through, I'm so scared to mess up because of all the doctors gaslighting me and telling me that my mess ups made me a horrible person and made me sicker. And yet I was just being human. I was just trying to survive. And they were the ones that were messing up with their, with how they treated me. And I think... I also need to realize that the situation that I'm in is it's okay the way the it's okay the situation that I'm in and that I'll survive because I've survived worse and also that I kind of I mentioned this with my mom and she like I I don't do anything but I kind of that's okay for right now I haven't for the last four or five years, I've been fighting for my life. And now I can finally just plug into my feeds and lay onto my floor and not be in so much pain that I'm sobbing. And that is okay right now. And I am okay. And that it'll be okay. And that right now, I need to just mentally and physically heal and thaw into this new world that I did not choose to be in, that I didn't even realize what would be happening, and that it's all okay, and that in the end I'm human. And I think that is the biggest moral of all of this. I mean, that's what Taylor Swift talks about in the song. That's what it all kind of is, is that, yes, I was frozen, and it felt like I was paralyzed in time, if you know that reference. Taylor Swift lyric and or, and it was and that being human means that I'm that I'm able to admit my errors and admit my fears and admit everything I feel obviously I just kind of did that for the last like I don't know 20 minutes to you and you listened and you um, pretended that you were my therapist but I think the hardest part about being chronically ill is sometimes you forget that you're human because you're not able-bodied and that you're not like everyone else. You forget that it's okay to mess up, but you also need to be able to admit you mess up, but also it's okay too that you also put yourself, all of this is okay and that you're going to be okay. And if you're going to be okay, then I have to be okay. And that's the deal. There's the same... 
same thing I say with my mom because my mom is sometimes like, oh, I feel ugly. And I'm like, well, if you're ugly, then I'm ugly. And then she's like, well, you're not ugly. And I'm like, well, then you're not ugly. So there you go. If you listen to this, if I'm, if you, if you are like, Autumn, you're so brave and strong and you'll be okay, then you have to be okay too. That's our deal. Um, so I think I'm going to end it here. I, I'm not really have anything else to talk about today. And I think I kind of was super, <laughs> I might have unpacked a lot, so... If you could relate, if you can relate to this in any way, I hope it made you feel a little better, and I hope you stick around to listen to more episodes, and maybe we'll jump into the insanity of my hospitalizations and my stupid doctors more in the future, and we can rag on them in the future. So, thank you for listening. I know someone in knows likes to hear what juice I have or what juice I'm gonna go have because last time I said fruit punch this time I'm gonna do orange juice because I'm detoxing candida and I am craving a lot of orange juice to drain um but also a lot of cold water and I think that's the anemia speaking so anyways thank you and I will see you in the next episode